everyone. My name's Hannah. And I'm Abby. And we are the, the Homegirl Hustlers. We are here to be your guides on how to adjust your mindset, lifestyle, and habits to become the best version of yourself and pursue your passion without limits. All right, homegirl hustlers, welcome back to another episode. We are so excited to have you guys back this week because we are back with our special guest, John Childers, owner of the Cycle Station. And you guys know him because we've had him on this podcast twice before. And we've talked about, you know, just how he started his business. And then also while he's been owning his business, he just hit one year. So congratulations, John. He hit one year of owning his amazing, successful cycle studio this past weekend. And so that was great to celebrate with him. But we did do an episode talking about the adversity and the challenges and the reality of owning a business because that is a challenge. It's not as easy as everyone may think, especially if you are a business owner, you know that it's literally putting out fires every day. Well, this episode is really awesome. We're going to talk about how it's never too late to start over and how to successfully transition into a brand new career. So sometimes we feel like we're stuck in the first career that we chose for ourselves, even though we may know that we're unhappy and we're not fulfilled doing it. We just feel stuck. We don't want to make the change because we're afraid. We're afraid of switching careers late in the game. We're afraid that it's going to lead to uncertainty, potential failure, temporary financial instability. We're afraid of what people are going to think. So when it comes to our careers, something important uh, that we're going to talk about and touch on, but it's something that's so important is that we spend so much of our life, time, and energy in our career, and we want to make sure that it's something that's fulfilling and something that's right for us as individuals. So... We are about to start talking and bringing John on with this topic, but this is such an important topic and we're really excited to be here. John has, before you guys knew him as the Cycle Station John and as Spin John, he has a whole career in the fashion industry. Look at him right now. I'm looking at him like, and he's about to tell you about it, but he transitioned into his career later in life. So John, first of all, welcome to the podcast again. So glad to be here this wonderful day for sure. Good day. Good day. And... Why don't you go ahead and start out with, you know, expressing your first career in fashion and kind of how you grew up, what that what that was to you, why you chose that as your first career and kind of tell us a little about that journey of the first career you started off. Yeah. So right after college, to be real honest with you, kind of played my last year. And so I didn't have a lot of things lined up for after college. My parents lived in Tyler, Texas. And so as always, as a go back, I moved into their guest house and I said, okay, what's going to happen? So you went to college. What, what was your major? So advertising and public relations out of the journalism house at Abilene Christian. So great time there. You know, I spent a year abroad, but so many things just basically I saw that I thought, oh my gosh, I thought I was going to be in broadcast journalism. But then what I found out very quickly is when you're on television, you're always moving to different places to get in a higher, a better market. And I really was like, you know, I didn't want to do that. I want to be, I want to be close to my parents, not be too far away. So of course I said, okay, well, you're all there. That's where I'll go live in the guest house to kind of see what's going to happen next. About a year later, I was a manager for one of the gap stores there in little Tyler, Texas, and a family who owned a ladies store and a men's store approached me and they said, Hey, we'd like to come and talk to you about like working there at the store. At that time, you know, I had always grown up enjoying fashion to a small extent, but you know, said, you know what, I'm going to do this. And for 15 years, I worked for the store, the store, the ladies and men's store. 
selling men's specialty clothing. So what we call better clothing. So take a shrunken down Neiman's or Nordstrom and that's what we had in the store. It's like higher class clothing. Yeah. Better clothing or high end clothing. Yes. yes. You have for 15 years, 15 years of my life. So I sold, bought for the store. So did you go to like, I'm assuming you traveled to different cities to do travel? Like yes. So different, different, different markets. markets. Yes. Yeah. Different markets, New York, California, Dallas, which was such a great experience. It's such, you know, an incredible experience. The nice thing was, you know, my time being abroad, like growing up as a child, but then, you know, spending a a chunk of that time as an adult, I was able to understand like, okay, this is where this fashion is going. And then also, you know, took what I call life skills, whatever you might have or think of. And I use that to, you know, develop personal relationships with clients, Mm -hmm. but also kind of say, okay, well, when you're buying, you have to kind of think about who am I buying for? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily what I might want, but who am I going to be buying for? Because the question comes in then, to whom shall I sell, sell this? Yeah. So, and that's, that's you a big... You have those people in mind and what they're looking for. You really do. Otherwise, you end up at the end of a season having so much, you know, inventory that luckily are not perishable goods, but it's just kind of an excess mm-hmm. that you kind of, it's like, hmm. Well, and things go out of style. Too. They do. You think about that. Do. Yeah. The nice thing about men's clothing, it's a little more, has a little more shelf life yeah. than let's say ladies clothing, but yet and still, you know, you got to kind of keep up, but also think about, okay, what's going to be the next step. So did that for 15 years. Long time. It is a long time. <laughs> so, it yeah. is a long time. All the while, I was always like honing in more of my workout. And then a buddy of mine owned a gym there in Tyler. And he said, Jonathan, you know, we need a spin instructor. So while you're doing this whole managing with the store, you're buying, you're selling, you're doing all these things with the stores, like you're working out and you're you're growing your fitness passion. Definitely. Okay. Definitely. So what does that look like? Were you working out every day? Were you running? Were you so biking? I was, I was, I've always been a strong runner. And so a buddy of mine opened a gym and he said, you know, I was already training with him. Like when I say training, like he was personal training me. And he said, you know, to kind of add to this, you know, little piece of the gym, we'd like you to teach a couple of spin classes. That was wonderful. But once again, I got my certs on a Friday night and started teaching on a Monday morning. Oh, wow. So you were thrown in right away. Yes. And that was what, 15 years ago. Now, is that while you were still? Still. Still. So you still. did both. So two, not two. Yes, definitely. Definitely. But- I quickly realized the correlation between the two, selling clothes, but also training other people, coaching other people. It was this connection that you have with people. And that's a huge deal. And I realized, oh, wow, I can connect here. I can connect there. And that's what I said. Okay. I slowly but understood this is the connection we must make in order to make anything grow. Mm -hmm. So... When I had the opportunity to step away from the store because it kind of was overwhelming in my life for many different reasons and caused some problems in my life, I again, my parents were in College Station. I packed up and I came to see them. And basically, I hung out for six months doing, you know, kind of what I wanted to do, but realized, okay, wait a minute, I'm missing something here. Going back really quickly because I wanted to touch on. You said it was overwhelming and it wasn't good for your life. And at that point, your parents were from Tyler, but they had moved to College Station. Right. Which right. for those of you guys who don't know, that's like a few hours away. It's like, what, five hours? So, so oh, it's about from three Tyler. hours. Three hours. Oh, between three the hours. Two. Yes. Okay, three hours. Yes. So they moved three hours away. What led to the point where you were like overwhelming and like, okay, I want to be 
I want to transition out of this career with the it was It was, it was. Because you were how old at this time? I was 36. Okay. 36. She's had my 42nd birthday, what, Saturday. It so, was. It was John's birthday yeah, on so, Saturday too. So much at once. I kind of saw where my life was going. I kind of was not the happiest, not for anyone else except for myself. Mm-hmm. And I realized I was on this path of basically partying too much, mm-hmm. basically putting my efforts into everything that really was not giving back what I thought it might, which I think we all go through it at some point and say, Hey, I am filling up these tanks, but my goodness, is it really, it's not actually filling it up. It's really not. There's still, there's this big void and hole missing. So moved here, took about six months off. And then I realized I have to do something because so you have to do something, 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 because you know, I'm a little bit too young to kind of hang out. (laughs) And also I felt a small piece of me at that time felt I had a gift of some what to give back. I wasn't quite sure what that gift might be, but I knew there was something more to add that I felt like I could. Mm-hmm. So I started working for a local gym here mm-hmm. in College Station. That's where I met you. Yes. 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 This is where I come in, where I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. And I realized I was able to tap back into, okay, how did I make this connection with people? I put in that same effort that I'd known and done for so long before. Mm-hmm. Huge deal because not only was it helping other people, it was helping my own self get out of my own little shell and box that I was in. And through the years with the personal training, also again, teaching spin now teaching, you know, about 15 times a week versus the two I was for you all those were, years. Yeah, now, that was kind of, now it's like your full time. So if you guys don't know too, when he moved here and started working at this gym, when you go to this gym, they have a bunch of different classes and his class was from the get-go one that everyone wanted to be in. It'd be full. He packed house. Like this is not just like, oh, you know, a class a couple times a week that has a few people. I mean, you can tell when John gets up there and starts a spin class, it's it's like what he's supposed to do. It was a deal where I thought, hey, I can help people somehow, but also over time, I realized, okay, I can tap into everything that I've done so far in my life's journey in order to make what I'm doing now a little bit better. And I think that is huge. Mm-hmm. I'm a big believer of take your God-given talent, use it, understand it, and then take care of it. And when I say that, I think God gives us all so many gifts, but it's huge about understanding what those gifts are and then realizing if you work at those gifts, they only become better, but then you can use them to help people. And that's That's major. That is huge. So my question is, how do you figure that out? So how, when you're transitioning in your career, how do you figure out, like you said, like what it is you're supposed to do when you know you have a gift? It's kind of thinking about what you think about on the daily, thinking about, okay, well, how am I able to help people? I'm big on like, how can we help somebody else? Because what happens is in turn, helping others really helps yourself as well. You kind of get out of your own little small box or small problem. And that is something we all have to continuously work on. I don't think you just magically get the gift one day and think, okay, here I go. You have to constantly tap back into it. But that's called the idea, the avenue of becoming better. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. So. So then also going off of this, when it comes to making that transition that we're talking about with our career, it's a big deal. And what I love about you specifically and like your story is you made it so late in life. And that is something I feel like people are even like, because when you graduate college, I feel like a lot of people, especially that I've talked to you have been like, 
you know, if I don't like my first job, it's okay. Like I'll, I can, I'm, it's not too late. I can transition to something else. You know, you have your twenties. I feel like a lot of that's kind of the general idea and the general consensus is, you know, you have your twenties to figure it out. So if you transition careers, no one's going like, wow, they switched careers. Like if they decide to go back and get their masters or if they decide to go back and change the, whatever their field of work is, no one's shocked. No one's surprised. It's kind of like, oh yeah, you know, they tried something. It didn't work out. But when you hit that 30 plus or almost that 35 plus age range, I feel like that then it's like, oh, wow, they are making a life change because they've had this career for X amount of years or they're still figuring it out. And you almost like societally, Mm -hmm. you go into this mindset of you kind of like feel like you're going to be judged if you make that transition. And you're like, what are people going to say? What are people going to think? Am I a failure? Because I this didn't work out in my life. So what would you say to that? Well, first say it is never too late to reinvent oneself, but it's also never late to step back. Wait, I need you to say that one more time. So it's never too late to reinvent yourself because obviously we know this, but I think it's going to hit so much harder. We just got it. We just got to say it again. Again, it's never too late to reinvent yourself. And I think oftentimes we feel, people feel, I know I felt, I should say better clearly, that I was stuck in something and I couldn't get out. Now, when I say that, that something could be anything, but there's always a way out. I don't think you should always make this great big leap. You should take steps toward it, but you have to have that goal of taking those steps toward getting out of that box, reinventing thyself and seeing how you can become better from it. And that's the biggest thing. That is the biggest, biggest thing. And I think too, you have to be willing to open yourself up for judgment and open yourself up for, I think it's like expectations. Yes. You know, people are going to say something or they're going to make a comment or even your parents. Like, I mean, this could even go with family of like you feeling like a disappointment. I've seen so many kids, kids who come out of college, change their career. Correct. And their parents like, well, why did I pay for this education in this when you're not even doing this? And it's like, then they, then they're felt, they're made felt like, well, then I have to stay in this career because it's what my parents want. It's not what I want. And then they're either miserable for the rest of their life in their career and they accept that or they make the change and they deal with a period of time, if not a long period of time of feeling like a failure with their, with their family. Like were your parents supportive when it came to all that or how did that work for you? I will say, and I've said this before in one of our previous podcasts, I had parents who were always told all three of us that they believed in us and that not to piggyback that, You have to learn to believe in yourself. And so, and I will say again, I really believe, still believe I had gifts and talents to offer. I wasn't sure in what capacity. I mean, that's a navigation. I think we all have to kind of look at it all times. We all have something. We do. We really, every single person does, but it's sitting down sometimes being alone, thinking about even putting on paper. What are my gifts and talents? What are my not so strong points? How do I, you know, work on my not so strong points, but also how do I perfect my gifts and talents in order to really add benefit, not only to myself, but how can I help others? Big deal. And that's where you're going to be successful because that's when you found what you offer to the world that no one else can but you. And then people see that. I mean, Abby and I say it all the time. It's like, we have a successful company at 25 and it's like, how do you do that? How do you do that? How do you, you know, all these questions that come up and it's like, obviously, yes, we work really hard and all these things, but it's like. 
this is what we're really good at and this is right. what we've been doing for so long and this is what we're passionate about. Right. And it's like our energy. We've had owners who've said, like, your energy alone is something right. I want to be around. Like, yes. I want to be around and I want to be closer to that passion and that energy and that fire that you have for this because they want that too. Right. And that right. almost sells yourself and you can tell when someone's so not interested. I'll work with other marketing companies too because we work with other marketing companies in different projects. And there's we've worked with several. And there's some that you can just tell. They, they're in the wrong career path. That is like just like not for them. Right. And it's nothing right. wrong with that. But it makes me feel bad for them because I'm like, wow, you'd be so much better probably at a different job. And then there's other people that it's like, wow, you're around their energy. And it's like they are just so bought in with what they're doing. Right. And that's what you want to be around, whatever that is. So it's like, what is that for you? That's what you have to find. Believe in yourself, believe it in the product in which you are involved in. Mm -hmm. Huge deal. But I think it does begin with thyself. I really do. So what about the fear? Because I'm talking about a lot of fears. I want to address a lot of fears in this because I feel like that is literally the number one reason people stay unhappy in their careers is because of the fear of change. Well, and I will say this. For many years, I was always told and then believed and then even read to confirm. You know, FDR told us the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And it's funny. So many little cliches or sayings that we heard as children, as young adults, they really do start to apply as you get older and move and experience life. And that is true. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. But you should never let fear paralyze you. You should never let fear control you. You should never let fear really make you not achieve your goals because you are just fearful. But and I will say as a tagline, you can apply that to anything in your life. Many times still today, I have to tell myself, okay, John, don't be fearful. Don't be fearful. No, have probably a, a little bit of anxiousness, you know, but I'm huge about use that fear that's within us, use that anxiety within us. Let's see if we can do something with that, put that into some better efforts. And I will say, because I've experienced it many a times, when you do that, you end up still being more successful than you would have just allowing fear to control you. That's huge, huge deal. Abby and I talk about this too. And by the way, guys, I'm so sorry. I haven't even mentioned this. Abby is currently in South Africa competing in a pageant as Miss Heritage Haiti. You guys probably know that because you follow along with our journey, but that's why you haven't heard yeah. Abby today. She's in Abby. South Africa. So shout out, Abby. We know you're killing it there. I had to say that. I'm so sorry. I totally meant to say that at the beginning, but... Just a little sidebar right there. But going on to back to what we were talking about, I think Abby and I talk about this like high functioning anxiety and it's like because we want to be the best and we want to be better and we want to grow at what we're doing. And that, of course, comes with fear. You're afraid that if I try harder, if I go out of my comfort zone, if I hire these people, if I work with these people, if I sign this contract, if I get this business and it's bigger and it's better than what you've had before, you have a fear of failure and you have a fear of, oh, I'm going to try too hard and I'm going to get disappointed. Well, and every journey, every project has its ups and its downs. And that is a downside and that's, it is what it is. But the biggest message I want people to understand is let that not control you to not try a little bit harder, do a little bit better. That's huge because otherwise you end up allowing fear to be the driver of your ship. You know yes. what I'm saying? And that's, you don't, you don't want that. Well, I, I was giving advice to someone the other day. They were asking me what they should do with the situation. And I said, you can make two decisions. And I said, this decision is this, and this decision is this. I'm not going to get into the specific scenario, but I was like, 
one of these decisions is you're making that decision out of complete fear because you're afraid of the outcome. You're afraid of this. You're afraid of this. The other decision you'll make, and it's because you're just comfortable. You're comfortable with it. It's going to feel good, but long-term it's going to hurt you. And you know that. But the other decision, I'm like, so like, it's like when you're making an especially important decision, like you said, look at that decision. And if you're looking for the right answer of what to do, Nine times out of 10, the one that's scarier, the one that's more uncomfortable, the one that does have fear associated with it is the right decision. Right. Nine times out of 10. Yes. Because everything else is comfort. It's in your comfort zone. I was going to say, but like you said, it's in our comfort zone. And oftentimes we as humans are not always good to step out of our comfort zone, but sometimes stepping out of your comfort zone is what allows growth. I often tell people, they're like, well, I'm fearful. I'm scared. I'm like, if you start practicing courage every once in a while, you just might become courageous. And I tell myself probably that maybe three times a day. I mean, to be honest with you, I do. Because it's easy to have that fear, let that fear drive you. But when you start to practice these little small steps, whatever those small steps might be of courage, you do become courageous. Yes. And then let's talk about to another fear that I want to address that people fear. For example, if you are 35 And, you know, being a trainer and all these things, yes, there's costs associated with it and there's stuff like that. Your main cost thing associated was when you started the business and actually started your business and growing that, that was a bigger step than necessarily just being a trainer. So when it comes to that, I think a lot of people fear financial instability. So they have this job, they've worked their way up, they're making X amount of money. They're not happy though. They're not fulfilled. And they're like, oh, you know what? I've got another 20 years. Might as well just make this work. You know, even though they're not happy and fulfilled, but they don't want to deal with potentially if they do switch their careers, the temporary financial instability that may come along with that. Right, right. So steps I like to take, number one, when you have an idea of anything, it is nothing's wrong with sitting down and writing out a plan. When you put it on paper, it not only allows your thoughts to process, but you don't forget so much. That's a huge deal. And you need to put down always costs, real costs, and things you don't think of. A great example we were talking about the other day was as you become busier, things like water, towels, cleaning supplies, those bills go up too. And all for a great reason, we are busier. However, that wasn't on the original projection. So therefore, you have to think about those things. Think about those things and not let that drive fear from within you, but think how you're going to conquer those things. What's the plan B? Where shall we go from this point? And for me, that's kind of how I tend to ease that anxiety, ease that fear in order to put my foot in the right direction. So your advice too, if someone was worried about that, you know, especially if someone's making a job change or a career change, it's like, you can sit down, you can meet with a financial planner, or you could just have, you know, you and your, if it's you and a spouse, if it's just you, if it's you and your family, whoever that is, you know, you can write, I like what you said about writing it down and addressing those concerns instead of just hiding those concerns away. Or having those concerns mull around in your head and never putting them out. So you can basically see them and say, okay, here's what we're working with. Yes. That's what makes not a foolproof plan, but it makes something a little more that's building a foundation in order to build a sturdy house. Because you know, too, if you're going to, for example, if you were a chef for a restaurant and you thought this was your passion, maybe your parents, you know, eased you into it because you loved cooking and your dad or your mom was a chef or whatever. This is just an example. But then you decided, okay, no, I want to actually go and I want to be 
a lawyer or I want to be a physician's assistant. I want to go into the medical field. Maybe I have a really big interest for that or I want to be a nurse, you know, whatever that is. And that's your passion and that's where you want to go. That is going to be temporary. That's school. That's money. I mean, that's a lot of like temporary sacrifices you are going to have to take to make any special. And you have mom and your sister, my husband's sister, if you guys don't know, graduated college, was going into kind of business. That was her field. She had a child unexpectedly and had to move back in with her parents, reevaluate where she was going and what she was doing, ended up with a newborn going back to school and going to be a nurse. And now she's a nurse and doing all these things. And she ended up getting married to a different person. And like right now, like everything worked out for her outside looking in, like it really did work out. But temporarily being in that position where she was in is scary as hell because you have a baby and you're like, how am I going to manage like raising a child while going back to school and then also working in between there to make money, you know? And it's important. It's, it is a lot, but it's important to note that, Everyone goes through different seasons of life, but those seasons, just like the actual seasons, they're temporary. They're temporary. The idea is to keep putting one foot in front of the other, not being totally derailed or crestfallen by the roadblocks that might come ahead, but you find a way to get over it because sometimes people think you have to get over the hump or you can go around the hump, but you got to get around and get away from it. That's the biggest thing. I love that because it's like, and then what she did is she relied on to help from her family, help from other people. I think people are afraid to also to ask for help because it's almost like admitting that you have a weakness when it's like in reality, everything that has been successful in this world is done with a team. It's not one person alone. I think I use a football analogy all the time. A person can be the quarterback, but they have to have people blocking for them, catching that ball, someone up in the stands watching you talk down to the coach. There's so many things. And that's the blessing that I had when we decided to do the studio. There was one of my dear friends, Jill, and then my husband, John, and we said, okay, here's what we're going to do. Now, mind you, we did it rather quickly. However, those were my blockers, my guys up in the stands watching the plays, the ones behind the scenes that you don't ever think about. And it does, like I told someone the other day, I said, it takes a village, but it's because I asked for help. They were able to know where to go and what to do. And that's huge. And you have to be open to it. And you have to also be open to changing your expectation maybe a little bit or adapting your expectation, adapting adapting it because it's like, maybe you could get something done and it would be done just to, you know, the best of the best, but some things you have, there's important things that you don't waver on that have to be done. Absolutely. Right. But you can outsource, you can ask for help and you know what? It may not be done exactly the way that you would have done it, but you have to be okay with some, with some of that. And that does fall, as we spoke previously, that falls in the category of being a little uncomfortable because I read many a times over, you should probably be uncomfortable at least once a day. I'll settle for once a week. But, you know, the point behind that is it's okay to be uncomfortable because you might learn something and you might grow from it. And that's huge to me. And before we end, there's one more quick thing I want to touch on. When you were going through the change in your career, did you ever go through a period where you felt like, either afraid to start over or afraid of whether was there any specific fear that you remember going through in your head it was definitely the fear of, with that, with that was, uncertainty that you yes were. there was many fears one of the biggest things was i'm starting over again i'm starting over at this age look at my other peers around me you know what are they up to they're not Comparison, doing such. yeah comparing yourself and to other people huge, your age huge <gasps> huge but again 
I hate to be redundant. What that is, that's fear creeping in. And all of a sudden fear is driving that ship, not John, not others trying to help John. That's allowing fear to sneak in. But what did I do? I had to practice a little bit of courage each and every day. The more I practiced it as the years went on, that's where I found that I might after all be courageous. And so those are real feelings though. Those are real feelings. And I think another thing to add, those feelings that you have of comparison, those feelings that you have of not meeting one's expectations, those feelings of I cannot make it, those are real. And you should always address those in order to conquer them, go around it or go above it, but to get around them. I love what you said about addressing because I feel like a lot of people internalize, 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 and then they'll come out in passive aggressive ways. And then all of a sudden there's a blow up or something well, huge. And there are, there's no such thing as big problems. Yeah. What there are, are many small problems unattended to, whether they be with thyself, others, a business, a spouse. Those are small problems that are left unattended become big problems. Yes. When you voice what a problem might be or what you're going through to your close friend or neighbor, whomever, you're more likely to solve it and come out on the better side of it versus keep it inside within yourself. And I like what you said too about going back to the comparison because I feel like too, a lot of it is like, oh, how can I start over? How can I do this? Like, look at Joe over there. Look at Anne over here. You know, they're just killing in their careers and they've had, they have these families and they have all these things going for them. And then it's like, you just feel so debilitated and you feel frozen. And I feel like that is something that's like, you got to start. And I, there's the famous quote, it's like the grass is greener where you water it. We always think it's greener on the other side, but you have no idea what's happening over there. We think it's uh, greener on the other side. And of course, we're wearing rose colored glasses. (laughs) Exactly. A book I read long ago that I do believe in, it's time now to put on a new pair of glasses and to say, hey, I can practice that courage today. I can allow fear to sit in the back seat and allow me to drive this bus, ship, whatever it might be, in order to achieve what I want to achieve. I love that. I think too, you know, everything around this topic, guys, that we've touched on and that John has been so gracious to talk about as well with his personal journey is that just like the title of this episode, it is not too late. And if you're young listening to this and you don't love the career or the position that you're in, it's not too late to take steps to see what else is out there or to figure out what gifts you have that can be put into a career for you and for others. And I think another important point that we talked about today too was When it comes to all these fears that we're addressing, the key is to address those fears with yourself. Make sure that you don't just let them go. You have to address them, know them, talk about them, write plans down to conquer them, to move above them or over them or however that's going to work. Make a plan and then trust the process too when it comes to, you know, it's not an immediate overnight thing, especially if you're going to school for X amount of years, if that's a requirement for the career that you're interested in, you know, it's going to be temporarily, there might be some financial instability. Temporarily, there may be some time that you can't spend with your loved ones as much as you'd like to because you are putting this new plan and this new career into place. You have to set those realistic expectations, make a plan, and then look to others around you to help support you along the way and adapt to it. Yes, but keep those goals and keep faith in the process of, I know that I'm bringing the best version of my talents to the world. And if this is what it takes, it's worth it. It really is. I agree completely, really completely. Is. Well, thank you, John, for joining us thank today. Thank you for having me once again. Thank Such a you. great time in my life, for sure. 
And thank you, Uncle Hustlers, for listening. We hope you really enjoyed this. It's something great to think about. And if you know someone, too, that is in that phase of life, these are great tips and great pieces of advice, not just for you personally, but to share with other people that you know that may be in this position as well. But thank you so much for listening. Make sure to follow us on Instagram. DM us any topics or any special guests you want us to. We have John back so much because you guys love when we feature him on the podcast. But thank you again for listening, and we'll see you, Homegirl Hustlers, next Wednesday.